We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Let Pastor just be transparent with you today. The whole left side of my body is numb from an unfortunate mistake of trying to kick the kickball on the slip and slide. They only told me after I fell so hard that y'all made a failure here in Loganville. They said, Pastor, don't, don't kick the ball on the, you got to wait till it gets to the grass. I said, well, I appreciate you telling me that after I had a near-death experience. I hit the ground so hard it reset me to my factory settings and I had to upload my whole life from the cloud and get a get a get reintroduced to myself it was it was bad but uh it was so much fun now we had so much fun it was a blast I'm so happy I have a word from the Lord for you today the book of John chapter 4 and uh I want to read for you just 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 a couple of verses uh, out of here. Um, I want to read for you John chapter four. I'm going to begin reading just in our reading as we stand in verse forty. I'll go back and I'll read some more, but let me just read for you this verse forty. John four and forty says this. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And he said unto the woman, and, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said. For we heard him for ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And I want to read for you one verse out of Psalms 34 and verse 8. It says this. Psalms 34 verse 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I want to preach for you today on this subject. Now we believe. Now we believe. If I could subtitle this, I would title it, don't take my word for it. And if I could subtitle the subtitle, I would sub, sub, subtitle this. I told you so. Now we believe. Can you pray with me, Lord? I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time together. I pray now that this word will settle in our spirits, will help us, will touch us, grow us, and mature us. I pray that this word would set somebody free in the house today, Lord. And I pray that... And we'll be so careful to give you the glory and the honor for whatever happens in this house. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And someone said in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands and give God a shout of praise as you're seated. For those that are wondering, we normally do have a children's program that happens at this time and would have normally been happening from the beginning of our worship service even to now. 
Um, today we, we, we canceled that and we brought everybody inside. But I do, I do want you to understand that we do have a kid's uh, program going on. We also have a nursery that is open at this time. We have a mother's room, a nursing room upstairs. Um, if you go down, out this way and come down to the stairs here in the corner, go upstairs, you'll see all of that. Someone will direct you if you need that. And so it's good to have everybody in the house today. Amen. Uh, in the book of John, chapter 4, we find a, uh, a very interesting story. Uh, many of you have heard this story before. It's the story of the woman at the well. You see, Jesus was on his way uh, somewhere. Uh, matter of fact, he was going to Galilee. And the Bible tells us in the first part of the book of John that Jesus was on his way to Galilee. And on his way, he said that he needed to go through Samaria. He said, I must needs go uh, through Samaria. Now, if, if, if I'll give you just a little history here and a little uh, geography, if you, if you don't know this, uh, Samaria is really not on the way to Galilee. It, it's kind of out of the way. Uh, a matter of fact, um, the, the Jews built a bypass around Samaria. Many, many years before Jesus was ever born, the Jews had built a bypass so they would never have to go through Samaria because Jews and Samaritans, they didn't really get along too well. You see, a Samaritan was a half-Jew who, who had maybe a Jewish father and a Gentile mother or vice versa. And the Samaritans, they believed a lot of what the Jews believed and they, and they thought the way that Jews believed. And many of them even held, if you do the research and the history, many of them even held a lot of the Jewish customs and belief systems. Uh, but because they were not full-blooded Jew, uh, they were not accepted into the fold. And they were shunned from the Jewish people. And so the Jews built a kind of a bypass around Samaria so that when they traveled, they would not have to go through it. But how many are so glad that Jesus likes to go through where other people don't like to go through? Anybody glad that God come through your way sometime? Yeah. You see, Jesus is not bound by the cultures of this world. And Jesus said, listen, I know, I know y'all like to go around, but I'm going through. And he came through Samaria. And the, and the Bible says that, the, that his disciples did not come with him. The disciples said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go on ahead and we're going to get lunch. Uh, because it was about the sixth hour of the day. The Jewish time frame, the Jewish clock at that time really started at 6 a.m. in the morning. That's when they believed the day began. So if it's the sixth hour of the day, it's about noon time. It's the hottest time of the day. And, glory to the Lamb, it's lunchtime. Mm. Now, every Sunday I mess with y'all about lunch. Every Sunday I'm preaching a little bit. Brother Yusuf would get on me every morning. He said, Pastor, you got to stop messing with me. You start preaching about food on Sunday, and I'm hungry. Well, uh, this message today happened at lunchtime, glory. And so the disciples said, we're going to go get lunch, and we'll bring you a to-go plate, uh, but we're not going to go with you into Samaria just yet. And so the Bible says that Jesus came into Samaria, and when he got there, he went by the well. And there was one woman there getting water from the well. She was by herself. The reason she was by herself is because this was not the time of day where you came and got water from the well. Uh, everybody would do that early in the morning. If you understand the culture of that time, 
women would all come together in the morning. They would draw water for their family. They would all talk around the well, a little bit of gossip here and there. I don't know if you heard about Mary. She crazy. You know, they're talking about each other around the well, a little gossip time. Um, we, you know, we talk about that, you know, gathering around, uh, you know, the water jug in the office as everybody comes and talks a little bit. But, but this woman is an outcast. She, she doesn't really b belong, and um, uh, she's got some problems, and folks been talking about her. And, and, uh, and you go find out why here in a moment. Uh, she, she ain't living the, the best life. You know, she got a little trouble here and there. Uh, she ain't perfect, and so she likes to come in the hottest hour of the day and get water because she know ain't nobody going to be there uh, to bother me or talk about me or look at me or judge me. So the Bible says it was the sixth hour of the day and a woman had came to the well to draw water and Jesus met her at the well and Jesus said, um, won't you get me something to drink? Now, I want you to know that God never does anything by coincidence. Can I say it again? God never does anything by coincidence. Uh, Jesus knew exactly who was going to be at the well at what time. You see, what this woman doesn't realize is God has already designed this moment because she is about to be the key that's going to unlock revival in Samaria. Can I, can I tell somebody in this house today, I know you may think your circumstances have pushed you into this small area where you think nobody knows and nobody cares and nobody's looking and, and, and nobody cares about what's happening in my life. But can I tell you that God doesn't do anything by coincidence? Could it be that your circumstance is setting you up so that God can use your testimony? Uh, this, this really isn't my message today, uh, 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 but I want to take a moment right here because I want to encourage somebody. God does not sleep and he does not slumber. God is not slack concerning his promises. And there are two words that he does not have in his vocabulary. That is oops and wow. Because God doesn't make mistakes and you can't surprise him. He already knew you was coming by the well today and he came to meet you right in the middle of your problem, right in the middle of your circumstance, right in the middle of what life has dealt you. God said, I'll meet you there and I'll talk to you there. Yeah. Yeah, God doesn't wait until everything is just right. God doesn't wait till you get your life together. I want to tell somebody who's sitting in this room thinking today, when I get my life right, I'm going to come to Jesus. But can I tell you, Jesus is already coming for you, and he don't care if your life is right or not. Here's what Jesus said. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Yeah. You don't, you don't get a right to come to him. You come to him, and he'll make everything all right. Yes, sir. You don't get perfect and come to him. You come to him, and his perfect love will set everything right in your life. He said, give me to drink. Because his disciples had went away to buy meat. This is a verse 8. His disciples were gone. They had went to buy meat, and he was by himself. And here, he's in a kind of conspicuous situation. Here he is uh, by himself at the well with this woman. And, and the woman recognizes him to be a Jew. She can recognize that he's Jewish. And she asked him, why are you asking me, you being a Jew, 
asking me, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She had already discounted herself. She saw and recognized who he was and couldn't believe that someone like him was talking to someone like her. She had already put a value on her life and put a value on his life. And she didn't think that she was even worthy to be spoken to by this Jewish rabbi because the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I want to tell somebody in this house today, you need to stop assigning value to yourself. Oh, I'm going I'm, I'm to be a little bit counterintuitive here because the world wants to tell you, this culture wants to tell you that you ought to assign value to yourself. But baby, if you keep assigning value to yourself, you'll never put the value on you that you really should have. Because when you assign value, you see all the flaws. When you assign value, you see all the trouble. When you assign value, you know every skeleton in your closet because you got the key to your closet. And so you know everything you've done wrong. You know every mistake you ever made. When you assign value, you never make it enough. But when God assigns value... The old song said it like this. He saw not what I was, but he saw what I could be. Anybody thankful today that when God came around and saw you, he did not assign the value that you assigned to yourself because you may not think you're worthy, but I know a God who doesn't care how worthy you are. He's worthy. He doesn't care how perfect you are. He's perfect. He doesn't care how beautiful you are. He's beautiful. He doesn't care how right you are. He's right. And he's right all the time. And let me tell you this. He's right about you. Yeah. You want to give somebody a high five and tell them he's right about you. He's right about you. You're not right about yourself. You got it wrong. He got it right. He said, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He said, I'm on your side, even if you ain't on my side. He said, and if I be for you, who can be against you? He said, the enemy cannot win over you because I have assigned value to you. So you may be thinking today, why are you talking to me? Why are you teaching to me? Why, what about me is so good? It's not about me, it's about him. He's so good. He's so righteous. He said unto her, she said, why, why were you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. And, and, and I know y'all don't even have no dealings with us. And Jesus answered her, you know, like Jesus never responded. I love the way that Jesus talks to people in the Bible because it sounds like he's a little bit rude. Because he never really answers anybody's questions. Like people be asking him questions, he just say something completely different. The Bible says that Nicodemus came to him at night, had a question for him. He said, why? What? Why are you teaching like this? Jesus said, except the man be born again of water and spirit. He said, well, why am I talking about being born again? What, what, what are you talking about? Because Jesus never answers the questions that we ask. He answers the questions that we have. Let me say it one more time. He never answers the questions we ask. He answers the questions we have. He never answers us. He answers our soul. 
He never speaks to all the things. If God would ever speak to all the mess that you think, he'd be talking forever. So he never, asked, he never answers the questions we ask. He answers the questions we have. She said, why are you talking to me? That's the question. He said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me to give you a drink because I got some drink. Not drink, drink. I got the drink. Some of y'all know what drink is. Some of y'all was raised in the kind of place I was raised in. You know what drink is. I don't know what drink is, but I know what drink is. That tang, that's that drink. Now, what flavor you want, purple? She said, he said, if you knew who you was talking to, you would ask me for a drink. And I would give it to you. Because I have the living water. I have that water that's alive. And the woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Woo! We missed that part. We, 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 we skipped right over that. Because what she was saying in the physical, she was thinking in the spiritual. What she was saying was, you can't fix me. She was not talking about that physical well that was sitting in front of her. She was talking about the spiritual well of her soul. I'm too far down for you to reach me. Oh, come on, somebody. What, what, what she was saying physically is a representation of what she was thinking spiritually. She said, you don't have the equipment to save me. She said, you don't have anything that's going to help me. Because my life is too deep. I'm too far gone. I'm, I'm, my life has been wasted. And, 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 and the well is too deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Where it's going to come from? Can I tell somebody in the house, you ain't ever gone too far. You ain't ever gone too deep. You ain't ever gone, gone too high. You ain't ever gone too low. You ain't, I, I wish somebody would help me right now. Because you know there was a time in your life that you thought you was too deep. But the old song says, if it has to reach way down, Jesus will pick you up. I want to preach to somebody, baby, your well ain't too deep for my God. Your well ain't too, there's bigger sins than that beneath the blood. He's already answered too many prayers, crossed too many valleys, climbed too many mountains, parted too many rivers, opened too many doors, broke too many chains for me to doubt him now. You ain't ever gone too deep for my God. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. You ain't gone too deep. You haven't gone too deep. She said, are you greater? Watch what she says. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob? Because the Bible will tell us in the beginning of the chapter that they're at Jacob's well. See, she's, she's Jew and Samaritan. And she said, are you greater than our father Jacob? which gave us this well. And he, he himself drank from the well and his children and his cattle. She keeps talking about what used to be. Are you, are you greater than my past? Are you greater 
than the drugs that the doctor prescribed me. I'm going to preach for a little bit right here. I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit down in this one. Are you, are you greater? Are you greater than the success I think my job can bring me? Are you, are you greater than the surgeon who's the top surgeon in the what, 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 whatever? Are you greater? Are you greater than all of my past? Are you greater than everything I've come through? Are you greater than my father Jacob? Mm. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. If you keep going back to your past, you're going to keep on being thirsty. You can keep drinking from Jacob's well and talk about the good old days and how it used to be and I can't wait to go back to how it used to be but if you keep going back to Jacob's well you're going to be thirsty all the days of your life but whosoever, verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Can I tell you, God's got something uh, that you'll never thirst again. Uh, you'll never be hungry again. Uh, you'll never doubt again. If you keep drinking from Jacob's well and keep thinking about how it used to be, you'll be thirsty again. But God said, if you drink from me, uh, if you get your sustenance from me, if you get your life from me, you'll never be thirsty again. And the woman said unto him, sir, give me this water. What she said, what she said, she said, give me this water. Why? So that I never thirst again. Why? So I never have to come back here. Did you catch that? You see, she's at the well alone in noontime because she's avoiding the conversation. She's avoiding the drama. She has isolated herself. Because she got too many skeletons in the closet. And her closet has a glass door on it. And we can all see the skeletons. Glory. And she said, I want the water. Here's why I want the water. So I never have to come back here again. Here's why I want the water. I want the water so I never have to live with this shame again. Oh, hallelujah. She said, give me the water. That I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. I don't ever want to show my face here again. Give me the water. And what she was speaking of physically, God was going to do spiritually. Because when God gives you that living water, you don't have to live with the shame of your past. You'll never have to come here to draw again. Can I preach to you for just a little moment that there is no condemnation in them that are called unto the Lord according to his purpose. Can I tell you that there is no shame in him. There is conviction in him, but there's no shame in him. God doesn't want you to live in shame, and he doesn't want you to live in condemnation. If you drink of this water, you'll never have to draw again. Jesus said unto her, if you, if you want to get fixed, if you want the water, then, then go get your husband and come. See, he's about to reveal her problem because God can't give you what he wants to give you 
until there's a revelation of your problem. Here's what the Bible calls it, repentance. God needs to reveal the problem. And so the Lord says, well, go get your husband. And the woman answered and said, uh, I ain't got no husband. And Jesus said, there it goes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You don't got no husband because you've had five husbands. Hello. Now we know why she's at the well at noontime. Mm. That's what we do. That, you know, that's us. That's the face we make. Mm. Child. Five? Mm. We want to know all the particulars. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Tell us about it. We, we ain't got nothing but time. I was running late till you said you had five. Now all of a sudden I have all the time in the world. Please tell me everything. I need to know what happened with husband number one. Tell me that story. I, have, I had five. And, 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 and we so connected to drama. We want to know all the details. He said, you're right. You had five husbands. And the man you with now, he ain't your husband. You had five. <laughs> Talk about it. Nobody here. Nobody here. Nobody here. We talking about her. She's in the Bible. You had five husbands and the man you with now, he ain't even your husband. What you said was true. You've had five and you're living with the sixth, but you just met the seventh. You had five. You're living with number six, but you just met number seven. Oh, hallelujah. He said, the woman said, uh, I perceive that thou art a prophet. You think? Good observation there. He just told you all, all, all your stuff, just put it on blast. Thank God no one, nobody there. Thank God you didn't, you didn't bring Sally with you. She would have known too. He said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And, and watch where she goes here. She said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. What are you talking about? That's not, we, we, we ain't talking about that. We're we, we not talking about that. You see, this woman is picking up on something. She's, she's beginning to see something. And, and she, she, she starts, she goes from Jesus telling her all her problems to now talking about worship. Because she's putting two and two together. She said, wait a minute, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. She's not talking to him necessarily. She's talking about the Jewish concept. She's talking about the culture. The culture of the Jews that said Jerusalem is the place, but this is Jacob's well. Our fathers worshiped here, but now y'all saying we got to worship there. She, she tried to get Jesus in a debate. That's what happens. When God begins to reveal your problems, and God brings all your stuff out to you. All of a sudden, now we want to debate. All of a sudden, now it's a way, you know, I don't know if I believe all that. I, you know, because, you know, the one time the Bible said this, but then be careful that you don't get caught up in that. Because Jesus said to her, woman, believe me. The hour's going to come when you're not going to have to worry about all this. Because they're not going to worship him in Jerusalem or here. You don't even know what you're worshiping. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is going to come, 
and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know you are Messiah. How? When, when Jesus told her her problems, she believed he was a prophet. But when he told her the revelation of worship, she thought he was Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. She said, you are Messiah, which is called Christ, which is to come, and he will tell us all things. What he told her was, don't worry about being a Samaritan or a Jew because the day's going to come when it's not going to matter if you worship here or worship there. God's not going to worry about what you are. God's going to worry about are you a worshiper. You know what she heard? She heard that it doesn't matter what my ethnicity is as long as I can be a worshiper. I can worship him in spirit and in truth. What he told her was, it doesn't matter that you're a Samaritan. It only matters do you worship God. And she said, that sounds like Messiah. That sounds like the second coming. That sounds like Jesus. That sounds like the Christ. Uh, and Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And she got up. When the, when the disciples came, they saw her, and I'm almost closing. When the disciples came and they saw her, and the Bible says they had questions in their mind about why was Jesus talking to this woman alone right here, but the Bible said they didn't ask her nothing. They didn't ask him anything. And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meantime, his disciples said, Master, eat. And he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore the disciples said one to another, Did any man feed him? When did Jesus eat? But, but, but they didn't understand that his food was to do the will of the Father that had sent him and to finish his work. And the Bible says that Jesus told him, he said, say not four months and then cometh harvest. He said, won't you lift up your eyes and won't you look? This is the harvest. It is ready. It is white. It is time. It is time. Listen, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and said the harvest is ready, if the harvest was ready when Jesus said that, how much greater do you think the harvest is ready now? We got to stop praying for revival and know that revival is already here. It's already been here. We got to stop waiting for the harvest. The harvest is now. It's harvest 2022, Truth Chapel. The harvest is now. Uh, he said, I sent you to reap that were on you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you have entered into their labors. And the Bible says in verse 39 that many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. Many believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all things I ever did. Many believed on him because of what she said. And when the, they came to him, they said, please stay with us. And the Bible says he did for two days. He stayed for two days with them. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, 
Now we believe, not because of what you said, but because we heard him ourselves. Here's my message, and I'm almost done. Here's my message today. You need to stop taking our word for it. Coming to church ain't good enough. Being in the building ain't good enough. Why would you come in the kitchen if you're not going to taste the bread? I'm preaching to some people. You've been hanging around long enough. You've heard my testimony. You've heard our testimony. You know God can make a way out of no way. We've told you time and time and time again. We told you this is the Christ and he changed my life. But can I tell you my testimony will never taste good to you. My testimony, I ain't never watched nobody eat and had my belly full. Now, I've watched some people eat, and they was eating, and it made me hungry. But it never filled me. Only until I sat down at the table and got it for myself did I know, oh, this is good. I just want to preach for this a couple more minutes, but I want to tell somebody, I hope that us eating today has made you hungry. But can I tell you, it can only lift your hunger. It can never fill your soul. It can only increase the appetite, but it cannot fill you. Now you have to hear the word of the Lord, and you have to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, Taste and see that the Lord is good. My testimony will never fill you up. But I promise you, if you'll ever come to the fountain that flows, if you ever taste of the water that we're talking about today, if, you, if the Spirit ever touches you like it touched me, there will never be a doubt in your mind that he is real, he is alive, and he is on your side. You'll never be able to walk away and say, no, that ain't real. Because if you ever taste and if you ever see that he is good, then you can say, now we believe. I heard you say it, but now I believe it. I heard you talk about it, but now I receive it. I heard you preach about it, but when I taste it, now we believe. Now we we heard your testimony, but I heard him for myself. Now we believe. I'm preaching to some folks in this room today. You're excited for what you see around you. You see the testimonies of others, and it's exciting to hear. It raises faith. Yeah. See, I've been, I, I've been in this for, for a long time, and, and I know how to increase faith. You know how you increase faith in the room? Is you tell testimonies. Yeah. I've been to places before where we would have healing services. And, and, and they would say, you know, hey, before we begin the healing service, we're going to bring people up and we are going to let them tell the testimony of how God healed them. And, and, and as people would come up and begin to tell, this happened and that happened and, and, and I was sick but God touched me. As the testimonies began to go out, the faith in the room would, would rise. 
people would say, oh man, if God did that for them, maybe he could do it for me. And the appetite would increase. And then we would say, if anybody needs a healing, come forward. Anybody needs a healing, raise your hand. You know why? Because we understand that the testimony increases the faith, but it cannot do the works. And faith without is dead. Faith without works is dead. If you never hear him for yourself, you'll never know. What happened in Samaria that day was the beginning of a revival amongst the Samaritans. It was the, it was the beginning of a revival that happened amongst them. It would increase faith. They began to believe. They said, we, many believed because of what she said. But afterwards, they came and said, now we believe, not because of what she said, but because we heard it for ourselves. There's a difference between believing because you heard me and believing because you heard him. Let me say it one more time. There's a difference in believing because you heard me and there's a difference and between what you heard from his own voice. God has given me the gift to preach and to communicate. And I hope that I do a good job as a preacher and a communicator to communicate to you the word of God. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good I communicate. You can believe because of me. But there is a different level of believing when you hear it from him. There is a different level when you get that touch. The Bible says that the woman with the issue of blood she heard. She heard. Listen to me. She heard the miracles that Jesus had done. And she thought, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I know that I could be made whole. She had heard what Jesus was doing. But hearing it didn't heal her. But she said, you know what? I have faith that I can be made whole. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to touch him. And it was her faith, her increased appetite because she heard that Jesus was coming by. She heard that he was a miracle worker. She heard that he could heal her body. But until she touched, she didn't really know. She heard, but until she touched him, she didn't really know. But when she touched him, she didn't care what anybody else had said because the Bible says immediately she was healed. When she heard, it, it lifted the appetite. But when she touched, it changed everything. I, I, I'm so glad you came to Sunday school today. And I'm glad you've heard. But I hope somebody today doesn't leave without touching. Yeah. Blind Bartimaeus heard <laughs> that Jesus was coming by. I know he only heard it because he was blind Bartimaeus. Ain't no way he could have seen it. <laughs> he just heard it. He heard that he was coming by. He heard that he was a miracle worker. He heard that he could do the miraculous. And he said, when he heard him coming closer, he said, Jesus! And then they said, hey man, Jesus is busy, be quiet. Jesus! He said, look man, you, 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 you got to keep it down. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I heard y'all's testimonies, but I need it for me. I know what y'all said, but I got to live this thing. I saw you shouting in the front, but I want it for myself. And Jesus said, what can I do for you? He said, I'm blind. And he said, receive your sight. And I'm sure that blind Bartimaeus told everybody he could get a hold of. I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. Blind Bartimaeus may have told somebody, said, man, I was blind, now I see. And that friend, that friend said, oh, man, Jesus did that for you? Wow, that's awesome. You know what? I got a friend who's sick with the palsy. Hmm, I wonder. So he got three friends. And they heard that Jesus was in the house. They heard. And so they carried him. And it was too late. It was late for the concert. It was full. No parking spaces left. Doors, windows covered. They said, I wonder if he got a sunroof. If he don't, we'll get him one. They went up, tore the roof off, let their friend down. And the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Rise up and walk. That man shouted, Woo! got up, took his bed. Took his bed, started running. Running down the street. He ran so far, he ran into some lepers. They said, hey, what's, what's up with you? He said, man, I was... I, I was sick with the palsy, couldn't get well. Something happened to me. So what happened? Man, I, there was this guy named Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. And just so happened one day they saw Jesus. They said, Jesus, hey, look, man, we, we heard what you've been doing, but we don't know if you could do it for us. Because, you know, we got that leprosy. But if you would, could you? What they heard turned into their own testimony. I pray today that what you heard turns into your own testimony. I pray today that what you see turns into your own testimony. I pray today that what you've experienced turns into your own testimony. Don't leave here today and say, man, they know how to have good church. I pray you leave today and say, man, I had good church today. Man, some folks got healed today. I hope you leave and say, man, I got healed today. Man, there were some people that broke through today. No, no, no. I broke through today. Man, some folks went to that altar and God changed their life today. No, I went to that altar and God changed my life today. Not y'all. Now we believe. Stand with me. On the, on the 30th year, uh, on the 30th year of my, of my father pastoring Spring Lake uh, United in Spring Lake, North Carolina, the church I was raised in, on this 30th year anniversary, we did, we did like a, me and my, me and my brother and, and my, my mother got together and we did this big, uh, we, we tried to reach out to people that had come through the church, got saved at my father's church and then went on to do things for Christ, and, and so we reached out to a ton of people, just reach out to them, man, come come for this, come for that. We, we made a calculation 
that over 1,200 people had come through that church, received the Holy Ghost there on that military base, and then went out and were still living for God. 1,200 people that had come through that church and, and left. But, but there was a one particular guy, one particular guy that my dad had always, my dad had always talked about this guy. And we, we brought him in. And when people were coming in, my dad was seeing these people come in. He was, oh, man, good to see y'all. He's hugging on them. But when we brought this man in, my father just began to weep. And he, he said, i got to tell you the testimony. He said, when I first met this guy, he said, he said I met him. He came in and he, he demanded to speak to the pastor. Small church back then. Uh, they were just literally, um, the, the, the building that they were in then is still standing in, in Spring Lake right now. And, and, and I tell you, that building could not fit on this platform. When I say it was tiny, it was tiny. They, they had maybe 15, 20 people at the time. Came in, told my father, I want to I see the pastor. They brought him to my father. And he said, he said, I'm an atheist. He said, I don't believe that there is a God at all. And so my father said, man. Number one, we're glad to have you here, but I don't really know why you're here. He said, I just want to come see what all the fuss is about. He said, you guys are crazy. He said, I just want to come see what all the fuss is about. He said, but I'm telling you right now, I don't believe in that there is a God. So my dad said, well, look, um, you know, I don't know why you've come tonight. I don't know, but, you, you know, you, but, but you're welcome to stay, you know. So the guy stayed. And... Um, there's a lady who, who, who still attends my, my father's church. She, she's moved now with her family. Uh, but, but growing up, she was a staple at our church. Her name is Rose Tyler. And um, I, I've never met anybody that could pray like Sister Rosie. Sister Rosie could call down. She still can. Uh, she's, she's in her late 80s. And she could call down fire from heaven right now. Uh, she's an unbelievable prayer warrior. I remember one night at church, uh, Sister Rosie was mad at her husband. I was just a kid. And she stood up and she said, Pastor Chavis, I want to pray that God would either get my husband right or he'd kill him. True story. My father began to cry. Oh, Lord, God, touch Brother Tyler, Lord. Lord, let him get right. Literally, my, it scared my father. He didn't want Brother Tyler to die. I mean, that, I mean, this woman would pray that kind of stuff. She was wild. And, and that little building, I'm telling you, I'm, I promise you, it would not fit on this on this. Uh, I mean, the, the, the pulpit was about right here, and that back wall was the back wall. And they had a few little seats in there, and that was it. Little square cinder block building. And when the Holy Ghost would get moving in that building, so the Rosie Tyler would take off running. And she would just get by both, both aisles. I mean, she would just, and she'd take off running, just, just get to running and just run full blast. I don't, know how she, I don't know how she made the turns, but she made them. And so my, my father had just met this guy right before service. Just, I don't believe in God. I want to come see you crazy people. I just want to come just check this out, man. This is wow. You guys have lost your minds. So my dad knows that this guy's sitting on the back pew. And he said, first song, Rosie Tyler, woo, and took off running. And he thought, this guy's never, I mean, my, my dad said, he tells a story that he expected this guy to get up and leave. He just... Rosie just took off, whoa, just shouting, speaking in tongues, running around. Half the other, you know, the, of the 15 people that were there, 10 of them joined her. 
and they ran around that church and shouted and had revival. At the end of service, that man came to my father, and my father said, "Hey, um, what you what you think?" And the guy looked at my dad. He said, "I still don't believe in no God." He said, "But." The joy that that woman right there has on her. Are, do you believe that God gave her that joy? He said, because I've never seen joy like that. My dad said, yeah. I believe that that's the joy of the Lord on her. He said, I tell you what. I don't want to know really nothing about no God. But I really love to find out how to get that joy. My dad said, okay, I'll teach you a Bible study. So every week my father would meet this atheist in our little home. He taught this atheist the Bible study from beginning to end. And he would sit in the back every service. Sister Rosie Tyler, whoa! And one Sunday night in a revival service, something jumped all over that young man. My father said, my father said we were singing we were singing the songs, shouting, singing. This is back when we used to sing, sing. You remember back in them days? We, that was before we sang three and, and, and went home. Now I'm telling you, we sang, 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 sang to the fire fell. And after the fire fell, we sang a few more. We were sing, singing. I'm tambourines and everything. And they were shouting and running in the house. And my dad said, I looked back there in the back seat. He was standing right there with his arms folded. He said, I blinked and he was gone. Where'd he go? He said, what I didn't see is he was right behind Sister Rosie. He said he was running, tears streaking down his face, speaking in a new tongue. He said, he told my father, he said, I'll never doubt it again. God is real. Now I believe. I heard you preach about it. I heard you teach about it. I saw it happen. But now, 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 ah. When he walked in that room that day, my father started crying. Behind him was his wife and his kids. And they're all living for God, doing a work for the Lord, still living for Jesus today. I'm going to tell somebody in this room, don't you dare hide your worship. Don't you dare hide your praise. Somebody may be watching saying, I wish I had what they had. I wish I could get what they got. I wish I could receive what they had. I believed you because of what you said. But now, now I heard his words. Now I felt it for myself. Now I received it for me. Would you raise your hands across this building? God, I pray today you would reveal yourself. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.